Welcome, first-time guests and Newark United Pentecostal Church family. We are glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us. We are available for you at newarkupc.info, where you can join a small group, submit a prayer request, or a request to be baptized. You can also submit a praise report. Tonight's lesson is about the foolishness of tithes. In 2007, I was diagnosed with CHF, chronic heart failure, and things progressively got worse. By August 2012, the doctor informed me that my heart was no longer pumping enough blood to keep me alive. My only chance for survival was to receive an LVAT, which was new at the time, for down here, a left ventricular assist device. It was attached to the left side of your heart to assist the pumping of your blood to your body. At this time, they started testing to see if I was a good candidate for the LVAT. During the testing, they discovered that I had hepatitis C, which can cause cirrhosis and destroy your liver. The operation for the LVAT was successful and my doctors referred me to Dr. Finkel from Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia to take care of my liver treatments. He told me after more testing that there was no damage to my liver and that the hepatitis C was dormant. He also informed me that the treatment for hep C that was available at that time, interferon, was too harsh for someone with a weakened heart. He said that healthy people could hardly even tolerate the treatment. And if you stopped the treatment, it lowered your chances of eradicating the hep C. So he asked me to wait for new treatments that were in the process of being approved by the FDA. Meanwhile, he would check me periodically to make sure that the hep C was not progressing. About a year and a half later, the hep C had begun to be active. Still, no approvals as of yet. Then, out of the blue, Sister Wendy contacted me 
that there was an article in a magazine talking about a new treatment for hep C and that my drug company Express Scripts was not going to pay for it. Several months later, Dr. Finkel informed me that one of the treatments was approved. The treatment that was approved consisted of two different pills a day for 90 days versus the interferon, which consisted of one needle a week and pills for nearly a year. But the new treatment was not as harsh as the other as the old treatment. So by this time, I was living paycheck to paycheck, still paying my tithes. And Dr. Finkel informed me that he would do everything possible to get me this new medication at a lower cost than the $72,000 price tag they had placed it at. He contacted the drug company. He contacted pharmacies. He sent me to Medicaid so that they would disapprove me, which would qualify me for more help even if I didn't get approved by Medicaid somehow. He tested me again, and he said that the hep C was progressing just a little bit more, but still no damage. He had staff people working, but to no avail. Nothing was approved, and I began to panic. So I talked to Brother Steve and asked him if I could get the whole church to pray for me up front. And he told me we can do that. The church prayed and a week later I received approval for the new drugs, for the new treatment, at a cost of zero dollars for me. Six bottles of pills, two dip bottles a month, and $12,000 a bottle I got at no cost because we have a God that cares for us. And I kept this as a memorial to show you what he can do for us. We serve a great God. Arash, your turn. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us Thursday, this Thursday night, as we continue our series 
on um, You Fool. And um, we're continuing it on the subject of giving and tithing and how foolish that looks to the world. Um, Brother Keith gave this amazing testimony about medical bills and things being taken care of by the Lord. Um, um, I'm going to kind of continue that little train of thought here and look at some of the scriptures that talks about giving and talks about tithes and um, and how it is part of being a disciple. It's part of our walk with God as we look at having ownership in his kingdom. Um, the passage I look at is Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over and will be poured into your lap. For the measure you will use will be the measure you receive. Give and it will be given, not just coming back to you. It's going to be so much it runs over. That's one passage of scripture looking at that. Um, Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to body than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? And which of you by worrying can even add one hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothing? Think about how the flowers of the field, they just grow and they do not work or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. And this is how God clothes the wild grass which is here today and tomorrow is tossed into the fire to the heat in the oven. Won't he clothe you even more, you people of little faith? So then don't worry saying, what will I eat? Or what will I drink? Or what will I wear? For the unconverted pursue these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. God knows your needs. He knows what you need. He's aware of them. Verse 33, but above all, pursue his kingdom. Let me read that again. Verse 33, above all, pursue his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that you're worrying about will be given to you as well. He just adds it on to you. He doesn't just give you some cheap toy or give you something that's broken. No, he's going to give you something excellent. A great and good gift comes from him. If you seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, if you are focused, oriented towards him, if your priorities are his kingdom first, he will add everything else. Let me say that again. If your priority, if you are oriented, if your goals 
and he is at the top and everything else falls below that, he will add all those needs, all those worries, all those dreams. He'll just add them. Because that's what our God does. So then, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> but if you seek his kingdom, if you're listening to his voice, because remember in, in Newark, how we work is you talk to God. We don't tell you what to give. Of course, we talk about you know, the principles of tithing and the principles of giving. But at the end of the day, it's, up, it's between you and God. You talk to him. What is he saying? Here we go. Look at Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Then he sat down opposite the offering box and watched a crowd putting in coins into it. Many rich people were throwing in a large amount. And a poor widow. So here's Jesus. He's sitting aside with his disciples. And here's a box, an offering box here in the temple. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. He called his disciples and he said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the offering box than all the others. For they all gave out of their wealth, their abundance, their access, their this is just money on the side. I was going to, you know, spend it in Vegas, but I'll just give it to Jesus. I was going to go buy my gas station lottery tickets, but you know what? I'll give it to Jesus. <laughs> this was money that, this is their blow money. This is, this is their money that they could just spend on whatever. It's, it's just to the side. But no, 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 no. This widow, she out of her poverty, put in what she had to live on, everything she had. She gave it all. Now, I'm not saying God is telling you to go sell your house and your possessions and just give everything to the church. That is not what I'm saying. So, hear me, okay? Jesus is trying to make a point here. He's saying, here are these very wealthy, educated, in the law, they know the the law inside and out. They know what's supposed to be done. And here's this uneducated, poor widow. And she understands the principle of giving and tithing better than these Pharisees, these masters of the law, these well-educated people who understand what's supposed to be done. He's making a distinction. Matthew 6 and 1. Be careful not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. Thus, whatever you do, charitable giving, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that people will praise them. Yes, this was a thing. You blow the trumpet. Here I come. 
I'm giving $100 to the poor. Ooh, $100, wow. Well, I'm giving $300 to the poor. Ooh, $300. And they just project upon themselves and how, how generous they are and how merciful they are and how they just, oh, it just pains them to see, oh, the little orphans and here I'm giving money because, and to be seen. And I tell you the truth, they have their reward. Verse 3, but when you do your giving, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your gift may be in secret. And your father who sees us in secret will reward you. Now, this isn't talking about you filling out a tithing envelope and putting your name and how much you're giving, okay? Because you're not, you're not projecting that to the church. You're not going around in the middle of the congregation and saying, well, I'm giving. No, this is, this is talking about people who, who project themselves and make a big scene about it. Because they do have the reward. So giving is... It's part of a disciple's life, and so is tithing. It's, it doesn't make sense that in God's economy that you can prosper on less. I know in, in our economy, and uh, I did study economy here, um, what works is you give more to get more in return. There's an investment. However... If there is no investment, if you can't see an investment, you don't put any money down because you're not going to get a return. And here in God's economy, by living on less, you live on more. That does not make sense. Let me say that again. By living on less, you live on more. Because, you know, I've, I've come to find out God really doesn't need your finances or your money. He has one big agenda. And can I tell you what that agenda is? His one goal is for you to trust him and lean upon him. That is it. He wants you to have full faith in him and know that you need him. He doesn't care about your money, doesn't care about what you bring. He just wants you. And this allows that to happen, to see him work as we lean on the master. It doesn't make sense. You look foolish. I don't go tell people what I give. One, I don't want them to pick on me. <laughs> my family probably thinks I'm crazy. They see my finances and what I give. They're like, what? He's gone into a cult. They don't understand. They don't have my understanding. They don't understand the scriptures and how I come before them. I'm living on less so that I can live on more. Because that's how it works in God's economy. And it looks foolish. 
but we just read it. We read verse 38 in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it will be poured into your lap. For the measure you will measure will be measure you receive. This It will just be pouring. And I read about the lilies of the field and how if you seek his kingdom, if you align your priorities... Let me say that again. If you align your priorities and give to God 25 cents. See, this is people think like, oh, I, you know, I have to give like, oh, some great amount. And, and I'm just telling you, no, you need to just give something. 50 cents, a dollar. Well, I can't, I, I can't even afford a dollar. Well, and then pray about it. Maybe you, maybe you need to get 20 cents then. But give something. Pray about it. God is talking. Listen to him. And trust him. He knows your needs. He knows where you are. And he's, he's rooting for you. And just like Keith's amazing story, one day you might find yourself in his situation and God just takes care of everything. You know, I really do think, you know, you know that law of the harvest, you reap what you sow and it's kind of used kind of uh, negatively like, oh, you, if you, you know, gossip about people and eventually people are going to gossip about you and if you it's kind of like uh like karma you know um this law of the harvest I, I think it's also a positive thing as well if you have been given consistently and you've been faithful with what little you have i think one day god's just it's gonna surprise you <laughs> i don't think he ignores that i i think he sees it and it makes him happy. And he, he will. He's faithful. He's just, he's good. And he knows your needs. He knows what you want. Amen. Jesus, Lord, We've been doing this, you full series where there's so many things, God, that we as disciples do that look completely foolish. And this is one of them. By giving to you, Jesus, we look foolish. By living on less, we live on more. It does not make sense, Jesus. The economics don't make sense, Lord God. The math doesn't add up, Jesus. But that's where faith comes, Jesus. That's where you come. You want us to lean on you, not on our own selves, Jesus. You want us to be completely dependent on you, not self-sufficient, where our trust lies in our wealth instead of our trust lying in you. I pray, God, that you would stir our hearts and speak to us Lord, if we're giving, continue to be faithful. And if not, 
that you would help us, God. Speak to us. What do you want me to give? Whatever that might be, it's between you and God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. This is an amazing series. I've really been enjoying this. I don't know about you guys. Um, but pray. Pray. And that's the beautiful thing about Newark is that just give whatever you can. You know, we, our thought, and it continues to be, is give to missions. Give to missions, because that's what you can't see will ultimately lead you to give what you can. Give to something that you can't see. It doesn't make sense. But pray. It's between you and God. Let him speak to you. He will speak to you. Trust him. He'll provide for you. Trust his provision. He's taking care of you this far. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. He takes care of his people. I don't know why I'm going to this, but this is <laughs> being led by this. He takes care of his people. Let me say that again. He takes care of his people. Trust in his provision. He will take care of you. Thank you. God bless. I'm looking forward to seeing you online.